Now, if we, uh, those of you that have been following this week by week, uh, I suspect many of you have got some of these, but not all. Uh, we started uh, looking at the dysfunctional family of Jacob, and it was called Total Brats in the Family. Uh, we then uh, found Joseph in the workplace, working for Potiphar, and uh, so total integrity in the workplace. But, of course, he was uh, falsely accused. Um, and then, last time, we found him in prison, uh, where he had to totally rely on God. He got nothing else to protect him. Uh, he had to rely on God to help him. And then we know how God helped him to interpret the dreams. And, uh, well, that's where we are today. Now, we have this bit which we call total testing to ensure repentance. Total testing to ensure repentance. And the first thing is, we, uh, as I said already, Joseph and his brothers are the main characters here, uh, Jacob says to them, go and live. That's the option, go and live. And the things we're finding out in this one is, first of all, God reveals. We've already seen in the previous parts of the story that it's God who reveals dreams and the meanings of dreams. And he, he reveals, sometimes he reveals what's going to happen through dreams, although not, uh, not, that, not that often, but sometimes he does. But actually, God also reveals what's in our hearts. That's the scary bit, folks, isn't it? God reveals what's in their hearts. Joseph has come as a judge. Uh, in the dream uh, that Joseph had, uh, he dreamed that his brothers would come and bow down to him. Actually, he dreamed that his father would come, but that hasn't happened yet. Uh, that comes a little bit later. Uh, and the dream in chapter 37, that actually comes true. Let's think now about the... Uh, the brothers. We've been thinking about a lot about Joseph. How have the brothers come to this point? Well, first of all, um, there's been rough circumstances. And, and I don't know if you find that in your life, but when everything is going well in your life and it's smooth and you don't have any problems, uh, then sometimes you just coast along and you don't actually uh, get anywhere. But when circumstances become rough, those are sometimes the very times when you learn and you grow. Do you find that? Yeah, we don't like it, do we? Um, yeah, it, it's like the man who, who, who fell in a well. And uh, he, he, he would be a silly man if he, if he prayed that the, smooth, the sides of the well were smooth. You'd actually be more sensible to say, if these well sides were rough, Lord, I would be able to climb out of the well. Uh, so, um, rough circumstances. The famine has been the thing that has started the brothers uh, on this journey. They're hungry. Um, when they get uh, to meet Joseph, they don't know who he is, Joseph's attitude is harsh. Uh, now, you know, I wonder what have, would have happened if Joseph had been kind to them straight away, or apparently kind to them. He was kind, he gave them food, and he, he didn't even take their money, but he was harsh with them. And it was that harsh attitude that began to make them think uh, what's going on. He puts them in prison for three days. And sometimes, you know, we need that time to actually begin to think about uh, what's happening. And even in those times when God appears to be silent, sometimes we need that time of waiting to think before God can actually reveal things. And then Joseph says, fetch your younger brother. He's testing their story of sonship. They say we're all sons of one father. He says, if that's true, then go and fetch your younger brother. 
So uh, again, God might want to test us. Are you truly a son of God? Do you really understand that God is your father? Uh, he's testing their sonship. And we find that the guilt is beginning to build up in the brothers. Surely we're being punished because of our brother. They know in their hearts that what's happening to them is because of their actions earlier on. Guilt. Now, guilt is a strange thing. Uh, if, you, if you wake up uh, one day and you feel guilty about something, what should you do? Come on, wake up. Pray, yeah, and own up. Something, uh, do something about it. Uh, if you wake up one day and you feel generally, generally guilty, but you don't know what it's about, what's that about? Do you know what? I think there's a big difference. If you feel specifically guilty about something, it's God that has put that in your heart by his spirit. And you can do something about it, and you can ask his forgiveness. If you feel generally guilty, but you don't know what it's about, it's probably the devil who's having a go at you. So you're not really a Christian, you're not really forgiven. Uh, God is specific. And if, you, if, if there's something that you've done that you need specific forgiveness for, God will put his finger on it. Uh, and that's exactly what's happening here. And the wonderful thing in this story, is a lovely little thing, is Joseph is listening. Because he speaks Hebrew. They don't realise he speaks Hebrew, they think he's an Egyptian. But actually he understands everything that they're saying. Isn't that good? If we try to pull the wool over God's eyes, we're being very stupid. Because he knows everything, not only that we're saying, everything that we're even thinking. And Reuben says, now we must give an accounting. He realises that the time is coming when they're going to have to come clean with what they've done. A bit more evidence that Joseph has already forgiven them. What's Joseph's response? when he realises this is happening. Did you hear? He weeps. Joseph weeps. He has to go out of the room and he weeps. Uh, now that is a response that shows that, that, uh, that Joseph's heart has softened and actually he's already forgiven his brothers and uh, it's coming to the point. So the first thing then God reveals. The second thing is God forgives. And I suggest that God, Joseph is already forgiven at this point. Um, and, and there is a difference between forgiving and forgetting. You can forgive, but you can't forget. I don't know about you, the harder I try to forget something, the more I remember it. And the harder I try to remember something, the more I forget it. But that's probably anno domini, I think, the last bit. Um, but, but there is, we can't forget something. If something's happened, it's happened. Uh, and the only thing that God forgets is our sin which is great, is I remember their sins no more. But actually, uh, Joseph's already forgiven them before they've even confessed and owned up. And that's important because sometimes we might have to do that. Uh, if we're waiting for the other person to do something, then, uh, then it, it, it actually it might not happen. And so the best thing for jo like Joseph is actually to forgive in his heart first. And, you know, that's exactly like God. God forgives. It says in Romans, while we were still sinners, uh, Christ died for us. Isn't that good? Jesus didn't say, wait till you've got all your sins sorted out, and then I'll come to the cross and die for you. He died while we were still sinners. That's wonderfully good news, isn't it? Mm. Forgiveness is offered freely, but forgiveness must be received. What about those two guys on the crosses next to Jesus? 
you know. Uh, one of them just taunted him, didn't he? Uh, and they were all suffering the same punishment uh, and, and, you know, just mocked him. But the, uh, the other one heard the words of forgiveness and received them. That's the only difference. Jesus gave out forgiveness to both, but only one received. So it's got to be received. And so the next bit, God tests God sometimes puts us in circumstances where our faith uh, uh, is tested uh, in order to, to find out whether it is true and, and to refine us, like we refine silver. And so silver is used here to refine. He puts the silver back in their sacks. Now, what would you do when you got home with the extra silver? Oh, great. Just pop that in the pocket, you know? Stick that in the bank. That's good. We've got some money to go back next time. But no, no. They realise that there's been a terrible mistake here or something's going on. Uh, and so they, they, they have to own up about the silver and they take twice as much back to pay. Um, they, they don't understand what's happened. But when they come back to the steward, they're terrified because they think they're going to get accused of stealing as well. But listen to what the steward says. First of all, the brothers say, what is this that God has done? And then the steward says... Your God has given you treasure. I received your silver. Isn't that great? The steward, the Egyptian steward, is saying, your God has done this. So where did the silver come from? Well, your God gave it to you. Um, you can't buy your way out of this. It is a gift. The silver is a free gift. And so they're invited to Joseph's house to eat. Don't you think that's pretty amazing as well? What about Zacchaeus? When Zacchaeus was up the tree and Jesus came and spoke to him, he said, uh, I'm going to come and eat at your house. Unheard of. Uh, and so an Egyptian ruler, and here are these Hebrews, uh, usually it's the other way round. The Jews don't like the Gentiles to come and eat with them. But here, it's, it, the reverse has happened. To be invited to someone's house is, is great. Uh, that, that's a real sign that you're being uh, offered some kind of uh, forgiveness. But then comes this kind of really naughty bit. The silver cup in Benjamin's sack. What a trick. What a mean trick. Do you think? Well, it does sound like it, doesn't it? Especially in your younger brother's sack, who's, who's the, you know, of all the brothers, jo Joseph was closest to Benjamin because uh, he had the same mum. Why was that about? And I think it's this. When the brothers found the sack, Benjamin, with Benjamin with the, the silver cup, they had an opportunity. They had an opportunity to continue to cover up their crime. Benjamin, you wicked brother, what are you doing stealing that cup? We're okay. Do you get the idea? They could have blamed Benjamin, and they got rid of Joseph, they could have blamed Benjamin and they would have got off scot-free. But how would they have faced their father back at home? What would have that have done to their father? And so the test of true repentance um, is uh, owning up uh, and not blaming somebody else. I'm afraid today in this, this country's culture and across the Western world, the blame game is... You know, blame, someone's to blame, isn't it? You know, these wretched adverts that say, you know, if, someone's, if there's a claim, someone, if there's a blame, someone's to, there must be a claim, you know what I mean? If someone's to blame, there will be a claim. Uh, 
it's awful, isn't it? When, when you're a school teacher and you're in the playground and you say, uh, I saw you do that, I didn't do it. Not me. No, uh, you know, he's got a hammer in the hand and he's just broken. What, me? Uh, I remember once um, walking around uh, Land's End and I did a three-day walk right around from uh, St Ives right round to Penzance. And uh, I had to stop at Pendine Manor uh, Farmhouse, which is a bed and breakfast. And in the morning, uh, they put me in the, in the dining room. It was just me and this big dining room and the family were next door in the kitchen. And um, there was a parrot in the corner. Now, this actually is a true story. And uh, as I sat eating my uh, bacon leg, um, the parrot was in the corner. Every so often it would squawk, uh, but didn't say very much. Then all of a sudden, this parrot said, It's not my fault! <laughs> as clear as a bell. It's not my fault! And I said, There must be children in this family. The parrots heard them say, it's not my fault. And, you know, how often do we say, it's not my fault, it's somebody else? The brothers had a perfect opportunity here to say, it's not my fault, it's him. But actually what God wants to say is, mea culpa. That's the only bit of Latin that I know. Didn't come up in the quiz last night, but uh, uh, it's my fault, I am guilty. And so here we, here we have the test. Judah offers himself instead of Benjamin. Don't take Benjamin, offer myself. Uh, and Judah puts himself in the place of Benjamin, who is apparently the thief. Judah still hasn't owned up to selling Joseph, but he, uh, he offers himself instead of Benjamin. Why not? Well, one fear of punishment. Would you admit to that? Secondly, he doesn't realise who Joseph is. He doesn't realise that Joseph knows everything that's happened. Uh, and that Joseph has already forgiven him. And lastly, he doesn't realise that Joseph loves them. So far, Joseph has been putting on this harsh uh, exterior. Although there's a little bit of a hint, isn't it, coming through the steward. Your God gave it to you. But actually, Joseph in his heart has forgiven them, even if outwardly he's still been a bit harsh. And so the last point is that God loves. So when we come to God and we, we confess our sin to God, uh, we, we are coming before an all-powerful God, uh, like they, the brothers came in front of Joseph, who was all-powerful in Egypt. But actually, we come to a God who loves us. And his response is not one of wanting to punish us more, it's wanting to pay that punishment himself. He's already put the silver in the sacks. The punishment has been paid, uh, and we simply have to receive the forgiveness that he gives. And so um, the question for us is, where are we on that journey? Are we like the brothers, still trying to sort of cover up stuff? Uh, or actually, are we going to come clean to God and say, Lord, it's me, and accept the forgiveness that Jesus brings, just as Joseph brings forgiveness to his brothers? Now, next time, total forgiveness of sins. That's what Joseph, this is all about total forgiveness. So that will be next week.